It's a new day in the workroom and we are discussing UK versus the world season two episode two with Dan Harry from I Kissed a Boy. Dan thanks so much for joining me on the pod. You are so welcome thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat drag with you. Yeah I mean UK versus the world how did you watch season one? Yes yes I really liked season one it was great um but Season two particularly I'm excited about because I've got a couple of friends who are on it. Um, and yeah, I'm invested in season two for sure. Okay, well... L- I don't remember what happened in season one now. What, who, was it Blue Hydrangea that won? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember like Pangina and Jimbo were killing it and then they both yes. got cut oh straight God. away? Of course, yes. That was great, actually. I loved it. Jimbo did his like iconic talent show, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Um, Honestly, you know, Jimbo wouldn't be the Jimbo that, they, you know, the biggest queen in the world that they are now if it hadn't been for UK vs. The World season one. Totally, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's really good to see. Um, okay, well, so you, you obviously have some biases in this cast. Then, <laughs> Do you want to, like, share with us who they are? I think, do you know what, it's probably just, it's just been maybe a bit of a UK bias because, like, I'd, I've just met them already. Um, like, Tia is a friend, John Burge is a friend. Um, so I'm definitely rooting for them. And to be honest, I think they're just killing it. Like Tia was killing me the whole episode today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see them. Killing me laughing and killing me crying, like with the oh, cherry. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, really, really cool. nice. Uh, and obviously, as an Irishman, I have a, I, I, I probably have a bias towards jumpers, but I I'm, can still be critical. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Uh, last week was the talent show. Uh, Marina Summers came out the gate as the winner. Are you familiar with some of these international queens, or is it your first time meeting them? This is actually the first time. Actually, first time for all of the international queens, apart from the US ones. Um, I remember Pangina from season one killed it, and seeing Marina this year, she's killing it as well. Like mm. they, um, yeah, they're they just really they just bring it, don't they? And um, I thought Marina killed it last week in her talent. She looks amazing. She's so beautiful, like in and out of drag. Um, I love her. I thought Aran is it Arancha? Arancha, Aran- yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just so funny. I love her. Um, and La Grand Dame is just amazing. Yeah, right? like, really, really good. Seeing her fashion and everything, like she's just so cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not well versed on fashion as long time listeners to the show, but like she knows her way around, you know, fashion and editorial and all this stuff, which is great to see. I like that Marina is also, like, kind of willing to have kind of political sensibilities, like even when she's wiping away the the mirror of mayhem that she's like oh now it's time for a filipino to clean a mirror in the uk for the first time like i kind of appreciate that she's also bringing kind of sociological commentary into it totally and that did make me laugh when she said that i thought she was just yeah she she killed it um yeah marina feels like a real front runner already i think do you think yeah. so? Oh, definitely. But I was also, uh, we're kind of jumping to the end here, but like, I'm kind of glad she wasn't in the top two this week. Just not because she didn't deserve it, because that would have been too much of a target on her back. Yeah, 100%. Because I think whenever that starts to happen, all the other girls get their back up a bit. And they're like, right, we need to get rid of this one. And especially with the rules for UK versus the world. Like, that's how your faves end up getting kicked off you know yeah <laughs> get manilla'd uh the grand dame revealed that she was also going to choose mayhem to be eliminated last week do you think that was the right choice 100 percent. like 
what the hell was that from Mayhem last week? I honestly was like baffled watching it. I just thought like, I don't know. I felt like all the other girls really came there with like something to prove. And I feel like Mayhem was just there for a laugh, right? Like, and I'd literally, she was just like laughing through it. So I definitely think that was the right decision, particularly as well that given with, she was with Gothy, right? And I think yeah. like Gothy has, she needs, she needs that opportunity to grow a bit and she needs time to do that. So I'm just glad that she has that. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think it was the right choice as well, even though I do think Mayhem probably could have reached higher highs in the rest of the season, because even into episode two, there's still like an element of, I don't know, like reserved or shyness from Gothy that I think isn't reading too well. Um, But yeah, that 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 talent show was, was a flop. And I suppose we didn't discuss last week that she just said that she is suffering with long COVID, which is maybe why she couldn't be kicking and bopping and doing the splits, which I guess is Who is Mayhem? Yeah. Michelle enters the workroom this week because presumably Rue is still sick after last week and their their raspy little yeah, voice. The long COVID as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, they do like a little mini mini game where they vote for the prettiest, the shadiest, the biggest uh, competition and the most busted. Uh, Marina wins the prettiest. Hannah wins the shadiest. Marina is also the biggest competition. And Arancha is the most busted Surprised by any of them? Disagree with any of them? Mm, do you know what? And I, I kind of agree with all of them. And actually, now you mentioned Hannah. I do want to give a shout out to Hannah because she's really, like, I kind of fell in love with her in the last two episodes. I think, like, her sense of humour just really gets me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so she was more shady, right? She was more shady. I think that was Yeah, fair. I see that. I see that because like she's just smart and fast and like she's really giving them giving them it. So yeah, I can definitely see that for her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jumpers was pressed that they got three votes in the most busted category. Um, I'm not surprised though. I mean, I feel like I don't know the other ones enough to make a judgment. I personally don't see that for Jumpers, but my view is like babe don't be pressed by it like everyone's got to vote for someone you know so it's not that deep but I guess she was kind of like put out the fact that the UK girls voted for her but um, she was pressed before she realized it was the UK queen yeah that's she she was like I want answers (laughs) I want answers yeah no I I definitely would not have voted her that at all but um I thought it was funny her reaction I mean you know I think she was unfortunate that like her whole number last week was all like, oh, you said I was fashionable, and but I wouldn't, you know, I'm a fashion queen, but I'm not fashionable, but I'm fashionable now. So she kind of introduced the fact that like people critiqued her aesthetic in the past. So I think it's not surprising. And because she spoke about it, she was kind of the first person that came into my mind when I heard the category. And then I was like, oh no, Arancha probably needs a bit more polish. So I probably would vote for her. But yeah, I would, that, have, I would have said Arancha and maybe and god i don't know her enough to so maybe shoot me down for this but maybe kata 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 well kata ends up doing really good this it was really good this this episode but i felt like she in the first episode i didn't necessarily i kind of would have placed her in that that yeah that's fair enough she was kind of wacky like yeah the i guess it was kind of just a club outfit that she was doing that pommel Mm. horse on the mushroom with so yeah that's that's probably fair enough that's probably fair enough. I loved uh, when the queens were running to pick up their clothes. 
Charita lets off the gayest of gay gasps when she finds a bit of purple material. <laughs> that is just that's why we love Charita May. Yeah, she's so funny. I love her. She's great. And even Tia being triggered by finding the same green fabric that she wore when she did the design challenge in episode. Oh, I find that's brilliant. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love the little nods to um their previous seasons that just um like for the UK ones who I've seen. I just yeah, it takes me back. There was a run through with uh I almost said Mariah with Michelle. Um from the run through, who did you think was going to win the challenge just based on the little sketches you saw? I kind of felt like Marina was kind of standing out again, just purely because I have this impression of her now that she's super polished and that she is just always going to kill it. So I had high hopes for her. I knew obviously the Grand Dame is like such a fashion queen. I felt like she was going to be a standout. And also the way Tia explained her um, like approach being like a tribute to Cherry. Like, like it's going to have to be something really really good for her to do that so i had high hopes for those three yeah i found it so moving the kind of even the little video montage of cherry and stuff like that i know there's other queens who have passed away from the show like chi chi devane and sahara davenport and stuff like that but uh there hasn't been like a clear nod to them before like this which i thought was a really really nice touch for like the broader drag race franchise uh, and I don't yeah, I want to say like that was my that was my favorite part about the episode was actually the tribute to Cherry. I just thought that was so nice to, to, that that was in there, and I thought Tia did such a great tribute to her. Yeah, no, hundred percent. The person who I thought was going to do really well based on the run through was Scarlet. Like I loved Scarlet's sketch of that big sort of flowing Gone with the Wind style dress. I was super excited for it. Yeah, I thought. I, I mean, again, Scarlet to me is someone who is always going to she's going to deliver I don't necessarily I'm never like on the edge of my seat waiting to see what she does personally but I, th- I always think yeah she's going to like she's going to do a pretty good job but I was more excited to see what the Grand Dame was going to come up with for example just because I just feel like she's so much more fresh and like I don't know just felt more surprising more, yeah but I suppose Scar- yeah for me I kind of agree in that Scarlet is and kind of known as being all rounder. I normally think she always stands out on the runway. So I was like, okay, if there's going to be a challenge that you're going to win, Scarlet, this will be yours. And it was looking good from the sketch. But we'll get into the final product when yeah. we get to the runway. We've got thirty looks to go through. We might as well just dive straight into them. We'll go through them queen by queen, um, and we'll choose our favorite of the three. So the categories again were Lady Prince Charming, which I wasn't too sure what they were supposed to be in this one. Were they supposed to be a butch queen realist? Was it supposed to be gender androgyny? I found that unclear. Yeah, I, I wasn't really clear on it either. And I think like there was quite a wide variety of what they went for. So I guess maybe it was just open to interpretation, I guess. Yeah, it was a vague brief. All right. Uh, Sheevil Queen, straightforward. And then Drags the Riches Eleganza, which, you know... Buy a pint for the producer who came up with that name. That was pretty good. Uh, also, shout out to my favorite, one of my favorite lines of the episode from Michelle Passage, who said, I've kissed a few frogs and shagged a few pigs. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Because also, I say shag all the time. So I love hearing other people say shag. Like, that's like my favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good word. We definitely don't use it enough in Ireland. I definitely see it as a British thing, but it is always a good word. Yeah, I love it. Would you, is, do you only ever use it like jokingly or like, no, full earnestly, all so the time. You and your boyfriend, you were like, are you up for a shag later on? 
well, I don't have a boyfriend, but I'd be... In theory, in theory, when you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be up for a shag with someone else. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. No, I've actually got all my pals, like, from, like, I've got, like, other friends from around the world who live live in London here with me, and um, they all say shag now as well, so it's hilarious when I hear them say it. (laughs) Do you ever use the word, like, ride? I don't think I would say ride. No... No, I'd probably use ride more as a joke, but shag, I would use, like, being serious. I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, we shag. Okay. <laughs> yeah, ride, ride is an Irish thing, but I was wondering to percolate into Scotland as well, but no, that definitely... Oh, I don't we, think so. We rode is what we what you'd probably say. Here. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I've not heard that. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to shag more Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Dublin, we'll, we'll show you around. <laughs> Okay, let's jump in. First up was Hannah Conda. Her Lady Prince Charming was this kind of like Bette Midler uh, look with a, with a tash, long trench coat. I found the kind of gender androgyny this kind of almost strange, like what sort of character she was going for. But because she's so camp and fun, she just really gave us that characterization. Her Sheeta, her Shiva look then was, I really feel like a, like a Disney silhouette. It was very sort of like fairy godmother from Shrek, it kind of felt, but it was all black with a sort of blue dress or a blue yeah, gown underneath it. And then her drags to riches eleganza was this kind of tacky purple and green corset with a long sort of um, skirt over a bustle that uh, she had kind of like decorated with these mice up and down both the corset and the the dress. The dress was was green and and gold. What was your favourite of these three? I would say my favourite was number two, the evil queen look. I felt like it was the most, I guess, polished. But to be honest, I don't really see her as like a queen who needs to be super like fashion and polished because she, like you say she does sell it with the characterization and the way she explains it the way she sells it the way she walks like she just really like you get what she's going for and like yeah like you know so actually I would say that number two was my favorite because it looked it looked the best but like all three she kind of she nailed the she nailed the idea of it you know yeah, I could definitely see her showing up to like the Wicked premiere in look number two. A hundred percent. Or even like being like a like a villain in some like fabulous panel or something like that. Yeah. The first look is little is very little Britain or something like that. Like it's <laughs> like with the bulge, I don't really know what she's going for with the gold pants, the gold boots, like and Yeah, I wasn't crazy about the first look when I first saw it. Like it wasn't until she started kind of talking through it, I was like, okay, yeah. I like this, um. But to be honest, like I thought the first look was quite similar to like Teresa's look, and I definitely preferred Teresa's. Yeah, that's true. That's actually very true. Uh, okay, let's go on to John Purr's blonde, the 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 fashion queen. Her first look uh, was a kind of plaid and tulle frills look with a sort of pink um coif that she said was her prince farming for her second look she had this sort of flamed like pop star song with these big f- boots that had sort of flames around the edges and these like uh, like 
bracelets or armlets and a big headpiece that has flames up the top and a big sort of like collar that has flames all over it and it's all kind of black and red and she has this massive latex apple and then her final look was this gold sort of sequin kind of play suit with shorts and then there was this kind of big black kind of expensive looking cape with these big sort of copper bows off it uh which was your favorite of these three i think my favorite i did like the first one i think i thought the first one was great it was kind of like vivian westwood vibes i liked the tartan i liked like everything she was going for the second look again it does does what it has to do it looks great it looks expensive I actually thought the third look was pretty cool in terms of it does feel quite fashion to me. Like if I saw like a queen like uh, out in London wearing something like that, I'd be like, wow, like that's a vibe, you know? Um, I kind of felt it was a bit frail though. Like I kind of felt that like it kind of looked like the the gold sequin top and pants were kind of like just a look that maybe you could think a very casual look and then she just attached she tied that thing around i know what you mean around it I mean. but then i almost felt like that was almost like part like it was supposed to kind of look like that supposed to kind of look a bit thrown together but maybe i'm mm. just getting <laughs> 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 um, i thought to be fair look the second one was a fully conceived like fully comprehensive head-to-toe look it looks really amazing um maybe eagle queen one's my favorite actually I think Eva Queen is my favorite as well. I think it's the most like well executed of the three of them. Whereas the first one, like I, I like the idea. I like the juxtaposition of like the, the tool frail and the the platter, the tartan with the little badges and stuff like that. It just has an odd shape to it. It's like yeah. it's kind of like Vanessa Vanjie Mateo where she stuck all those doll legs onto her and lost her hourglass. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. It's kind of an odd shape to it. Yeah. No, I get that. I hear you. And I wonder, like again, I mean. What do I know? But like, I wonder, she seems to have these really good ideas. I just don't know if she had the time to execute them to like the, her standard. And I, Yeah, but that's the thing though. I think like they probably never do have enough time to actually mm. bring things to life. Like they're on such a time constraint, like being in that production. I can't imagine how, like it must be so stressful, you know? Yeah. Like I even think about when I filmed my show, like, everything's like on such a time like time limit you're stressed all the time you've got producers running around you've got producers telling you come and have a do this conversation come to the like come and have this confessional or whatever like you're you're pulled in so many different directions so having to worry about all of that and then also come up with this like amazing fashion look like it must be so overwhelming I don't know how they do it yeah I mean they must be constantly in fight or flight mode the whole time like constantly triggered into uh, adrenaline through their body 24 hours a day yeah but they make it look like pretty easy in terms of they they're all like having a laugh with each other which is really nice but i mean if it was me i feel like i'd be stressed out so much <laughs> i'd be like don't do not talk to me leave me alone and it fucking make the stress full stress like a simpson energy you'd be over the corridor <laughs> yes exactly all right, Arancha Castilla-La Mancha is up next. Her lady Prince Charming look was a David Bowie look with the sort of red sequin dungarees and the wig and the sort of lightning bolt down the face. Second look was an ode to Regina George with this giant pen and a big pink cape which turned around and said a burn bucket said cunt buck. And then her final look was this black black sequined uh, sort of dress with bows on the arms with a pink wig that she sort of characterised by dragging her heels and huffing and puffing around the runway 
I like Arantia. I like these ideas. I kind of think I liked the third one the most because I just like the characterization of it. The Sheevil Queen look. I like Regina George, but for me, Regina George is like in like a white crop top and like hot pants and like blonde hair chewing gum or something like that rather than in this big long cape. So I don't know if that really read to me. And like the Bowie is Bowie, but it's like a Halloween party Bowie. It's not drag to me. I think, yeah, I do agree in terms of she delivered, like, three really strong concepts, but I just think, like, oh, first of all, I, th- I love David Bowie so much, but agreed, it was more of, like, a costume as opposed to feeling like a, like a conce- drag concept look. And I get the same kind of with the, the second look. I like the idea of going with Regina George. Like, I think that's, like, fun. That's... I probably would have done it slightly differently. Like, I don't think that you needed the big cape. Like, I think you could have just, she could have just sold it a bit more with the kind of chewing gum and the phone and the handbag and all those things. That... Or even like that protein bar that she eats to put on weight. Like, that, that, totally, that'd be a yeah, fun... I'm like, all the props. But yeah. it didn't need like such heavy stuff, I think. Um, and the third one, I agree, that was probably my favourite just because I liked the concept of it. And um, yeah, she's kind of, she delivered it. Yeah. Overall, probably deserved her bottom two placing. Um, yeah, I do agree. But I do like her. I do yeah. Like her. I think do like, you... it feels like she did take risks though, and I do appreciate that. Like, I get like almost like in the way sort of juxtaposed to like someone like Scarlett, for example. Like, I feel like her aunt just went for maybe the slightly more unexpected route and maybe like more of a risk. And I just, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was interesting to hear her say that how, like, as a trans woman, she kind of missed formative years in terms of who she is from a fashion perspective and what she likes to wear. And that's why a lot of her references are early 2000 references. And I think that kind of fits into the world of Arantxa, because that even you saw in kind of Drag Race Hispania, because she kind of was talking about how she's like a Hannah Montana of drag and she loved Trixie Mattel and Barbie. And that kind of all fits in that world, I kind of feel. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Tia Coffee was up next with three red looks to, in honour of Cherry Valentine. The Lady Prince Charming was Robin Hood meets Katniss Everdeen in this sort of like bow, bow woman's look with a quiver and kind of just red and a nice black updo. I'll jump through the final drags to Rich's one was this kind of red velvet kind of crop muff thing over the top and a, and a perfectly fine red skirt. But then the Sheevil Queen look was was really really gorgeous a recreation of cherry valentine's red latex dress and sort of like evil headpiece that she wore for the promo for drag race k season two loved this yeah i completely loved it as well i loved the hunger games look like it just felt like as soon as i saw it i just knew that reference of atlas and mockingjay with that like with the sort of like the chest play and it just looked so sick like it just looked so well done and well, I, I would have liked her on the runway to do the bow. Do you know when she like shoots yeah. the apple? That would have been good. Yeah. Or even the um the symbol she does with her hands. You know what one I'm talking about? I can't remember now what it is. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's that, it's that Mockingjay yeah, symbol. Like, up the, oh yeah, actually when someone died, yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. And they do the whistle. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that would have been nice. Um and then I immediately knew the reference for cherry as well, obviously, and I thought it was so sweet that she had the cherries in her ba- in the little basket and um, I think she had cherries in her hair as well. I just thought that was so, like, just really sweet and just really well done. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be a really fun runway for one season where they recreate their favorite drag looks from the past. You know, it's like Night of a Thousand Shares, whatever. If they do, like, and they, I know they've done RuPaul, but like, if they recreate their favorite all time drag look, would be really well, fun. I mean, there's so there's such a huge bank of iconic looks to choose from that, and also people would love that, you know? Like, for me, like, the, the, the older, like, classic seasons of Drag Race, that's when I really loved it and was really invested. And, I think in the last couple of years, like my investment levels have went down a lot. And um, if there was a callback to the previous seasons, I would totally love that. Yeah, 100%. Le Grand Dame was... What was Tia's final look again? The... <clears throat> oh yeah, it was like a it was like a red velvet kind of like, it wasn't really a crop top, but it was a, a small kind of top that was kind of thrown over her shoulder and it was in a red skirt. Yeah. Yeah, pretty simple, but like really well executed and just looked great and like she looked fabulous. Yeah, there was like a sequin red cover abundance of around the waist and like a really nice kind of like braided up to, blonde braided up to. So yeah, it was good. like for someone who was notoriously bad at sewing first time around, this is pretty good. I thought it was really funny when Graham Norton said, don't feed that wig after midnight. Yeah. All right, up next is La Grand Dame, who gave us this, like, a blue Scaparelli bellboy look with these really nice, gorgeous, like, appellettes. And, I mean, there's so many references you could go off this, like, bellboy or, like... Wait, who is that? Sorry. Chauffeur La Grand Dame. But I just see those, like, shoulder epaulettes, and I think of Cheryl Cole dancing on the on the X Factor. Oh, it's fight for this love, isn't it? <laughs> It's very fight for this love. Podium. She recreated bellboy looks, honestly, and it's never recovered from my brain since then. <laughs> totally. the, the second look then was this black latex, like alien xenomorph look that had these kind of stilt things on the legs, and she had like crutches for arms that were all kind of latexed up, and she kind of walked on all fours and screamed on the runway. I mean, I've se- I've seen. Looks like that on Dragula, and I've seen one on Drag Race Espana, but I haven't seen it like in front of RuPaul, and that was really good to see and gotta get his reaction on that. For sure, actually, have you ever seen the um the film Return to Oz? It's like an old school Wizard of Oz. They've got these like villains in that film, and they're so scary, and they're called Rollers, and it's very much a reference. I think that's what the Grand Dam was doing a reference to because it's very similar to that, like the way they walk and the way they. Like those like big like arm extensions, like that's exactly what they're like in that, and they're so scary. So I actually thought this was like really such a compelling look and really spooky. And also kind of xenomorphy whenever like she had the the, the slime coming out of her mouth and stuff. Um I mean I literally I'd love this look. I would say like maybe to be devil's advocate, I'd be like, it did verge into more just like a sort of costume as opposed to drag. But I mean, that's like a I don't know how I don't know where people stand on that one. You know, I mean, I still loved it anyway, and I love to see stuff like that when they're on me. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, I, I it's a full transformation, and I guess the noise kind of gave it a characterization, which I kind of liked. Um, and there was something still kind of fashionable about it. Like, I guess you know, black and slimming and sleek and stuff like that. I think I kind of would have liked to see the mask come off maybe if I was being very picky and kind of to see it maybe a bit of a transformation of how this monster came to be was it a person or you know is it like a you know like a transformery thing where you're a normal person then you turn into that like the Hulk or something like that maybe a kind of a journey like that could have been fun but I don't know how practical it was with the sort of bits and pieces that were involved in making it sort of walk on all fours and then yeah, the final... actually, with you saying that, I guess it feels quite like um, 
remember that Sam Smith look with the like the ex- inflatable arms and legs? Yes. Yeah, yeah. They're in a like black latex outfit thing. It feels quite similar to that actually. Um, and I agree on the mask thing. That I guess that's what I mean. Like even if she had like a long wig on or something like that, like that would just feel like make it just a bit more camp. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, that would be so funny if they had a wig on, and then they got to the end of the runway, and then they went like did this like hysterical laugh and waved their head around and stuff like that. In the way they kind of like Randam does anyway, that would have been really funny. Actually, uh, we'll send that note to we'll send that note directly to him. Uh, and then their drags to Rich's look was this gold lame uh, sort of wrap around dress with a kind of more cream uh, corset with just like kind of gold details around the, the boobs and are just long flowing a wig this was gorgeous yeah like i feel like she just really she got it with each of the um each of the runways i thought the third one was really beautifully done her makeup looks great her hair looks great yeah she's smashed it i think actually my, i think my favorite one is that might actually have been the first one though to be fair because i just thought i just thought it was really campy and cool and just felt like it kind of delivered on the the concept it's because you love fight for this love i think it might just because of that yeah maybe it's because i love shadows <laughs> okay uh scarlet envy was up next her um lady prince was one of two sort of knight and shining armor looks that were like part you know kind of like that shining armor but then also had like this kind of cape and this like white mohawk and a helmet and stuff like that um I think Kate Menages was slightly better, but we'll get into that. The second one was kind of like beetle green. There was every some sort of insect color off this green shiny dress and a sort of black headpiece that was kind of like a mouth shaped. Um, I was kind of expecting this to be more elevated for for Scarlet. And then finally, her look was was a realization of what she had sketched in this kind of big flowing Gone with the Wind style dress with this kind of like cinderella yellow blonde wig it was just the material looked bad i think was yeah, the, 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 it did look quite bad didn't it? it like i mean you get the reference you get the silhouette but yeah the, the fabric <clears throat> it doesn't look very like shaped around her like i don't know it's a bit i don't know I'm, I, it wasn't my favorite i just think like I just think with these three looks, like, they're just kind of what I would expect. Like, nothing is too... I mean, they look, like, really good. Like, everything's, like, well-executed and well-made. And But I wasn't surprised by anything, you know? Like, it just feels like what you would expect to see from Scarlet and what you'd expect to see from this challenge. I mean, I did think the final look was very impressive, the Cinderella. Like, that must be difficult to make. It was just that chevron pattern on the blue kind of just when it was up close it didn't look as good and something about that like yellow blonde hair and the lipstick looks bad <laughs> I don't know, it looks tacky no i do i do have to agree with you on that one please i kind of feel like it's a barbie doll but like the fabric almost looks like they've done like some like unconventional materials challenge and she's had to use like a shower curtain or something yeah yeah <laughs> And, like, the lipstick, it kind of looks like there's a Barbie doll, but, like, your four-year-old sister has done the makeup and it's all slightly off. Yeah. Oh, God. No, I do. I do agree. 
<laughs> Scarlet, don't tell me, I'm sorry. Kate of Ash is up next. She was the second of the two sort of knight and shining armors, but this had like again that sort of shiny steel plated material, but contrasted with this really gorgeous pink frilly material that kind of looked partially like blood, partially like a sort of like jellyfish plumage, which I thought was a really nice juxtaposition. Her she she vol queen was a dragon trainer um this i mean talking about costume i kind of thought this was costuming but like the actual dragon the detail on the dragon was great and how she kind of characterized it that like the dragon was more in control of her than her of it i thought was very clever and then the drags to riches eleganza had two really long billowing gold sequined sleeves uh, and then it kind of like cut out around the neck and then Below the sleeves then was a well-fitted kind of emerald dress and a spidery headpiece. Which was your favourite of these three? Well, to be honest, I just wasn't really vibing Kata Minaj in that, these looks. Like, I'm sorry, like, I know she was in the top two, but I just wasn't, I just wasn't sold on it. Like, the, my favourite one was the second one, the Shivo Queens. I just, just the addition of the dragon, I just felt like was quite in camp i liked that her um like she had like the thigh high boots sort of just swinging either side to her that like, i thought that was quite funny um i did like that but the other two looks i just felt like i think like with drag race i've come to realize like i don't i don't really care for like these beautiful polished looks like i want to just see something like campy and funny and something that just feels like more of like a characterization or mm. more of a, something that just feels more being pretty you know you and prefer kind of that, more of a concept rather than a fashion i think so yeah like more of like yeah exactly like actually like, i actually feel like aranches sort of like concepts were more interesting to me than the way like kata approached it mm. i mean i definitely kind of think i lean more towards that personally now than, than fashion but i did really enjoy the jellyfish knight and shining armor sort of pink tie-dyed frills and this shiny metallic thigh-high boots and sleeve and stuff like that i really enjoyed that and that was one of my favorites um of the night and that i thought was her best look i thought her evil queen was good but like she says that she does this evil queen drag all the time and like i saw a better version of it as her entry look and i don't know i kind of felt like she was kind of giving joe black in a way that wasn't as good as joe black I actually felt like the fi- the her final look also kind of gave slightly Evil Queen like in a weird yeah. way. Um, I more so than like, the Evil Queen look. Yeah, like I almost would have like liked to have seen like for the final look, just a complete departure from that style since she went so hard on it in the in the, in the Evil Queen category. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Probably not as much of like a difference between the three looks as maybe somebody else. Gothy Kendall, Gothy Kendall, uh, floral, kind of like blazer and swimsuit look, but there was a white and black sort of fur lapel with a white sort of like Marie Antoinette updo. It kind of looks like the swimsuit's falling down her because there's some nipple on show on the picture on Instagram. Uh, her second look was Cruella meets Maleficent. I loved when she when they she just threw the apple after like two seconds, and they were like, "Oh, she must not be hungry." It was a fun combination of the two of them, but I did feel something was missing. I think she just misses like poise or something when she's executing the the 
the final looks. And then her one that she made herself was all in pastels. It was real sort of 90s club kit. It actually fit her really well, even though I don't think the top of the top was hemmed. And she had kind of like a mini train in her hand. And yeah, it was a fun kind of club kitty look from her, which was her, which was your favorite. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed Gothi's looks, actually. I thought, I actually loved the first one, the Prince Charming one. I thought that was so cool. I, I just thought, like, if I saw that out, I'd be like, wow, that's a look, that's major. And also, I think her style is probably more similar to what my, my personal style would be, like that more edgy club kid vibe. Um, yeah, I loved that one. I actually thought the third one was pretty cool as well, like, leaning into that club kid I'd like sort of idea. Yeah, I think that was my favourite of the three. It kind of felt different for her. Obviously, it looks like the top is unhemmed, but that aside, like, with a bit more finish on it for a bit more time, I actually think it could have been one of my favourites. There's something about the second look, the Cruella meets Maleficent, that gives me really Crystal Versace in a way that I think Crystal, I think Crystal did a kind of similar Cruella de look that I think was maybe slightly better than this. Um, so because I, I had that comparison that, point. Yeah. yeah, I definitely see that. For um, like for Crystal, for sure, that sort of like slight sleek like hair up look is very Crystal Versace for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, and Crystal would have done a bit, a bit better. So yeah, because I had that comparison point, I got a few marks in. So I think for someone who went out first, this was a good week for Ken for Gothic Kendall. Yeah, agreed. All right, Marina Summers gave us a. So it was it Elvis of the Ocean that she described it as Prince Charming? This kind of blue, floral, wavy dress that she skipped out on and danced around in and it was flowed really, really nicely, that dress. Then her second look was kind of the creature of the Dark Lagoon. She called it a, a, a dobong creature from the Philippine sort of folklore that she was frightened of. Kind of like the beast from The Shape of Water, I kind of felt was kind of the, the vibe on that one. Yeah. And then finally, this mer- this like sapphire velvet mermaid cut gown off the shoulder cl- giving clavicle all day long absolutely gorgeous i don't think that was the first i don't i can't believe that's the first dress she ever made i think that's a downright lie because it was gorgeous. That? yeah she said she said this was the first dress i made and then rupaul said open the trap door <laughs> <laughs> i mean wow uh, that's Love cool, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, which was your fave? I've got to go with the third one just because it does feel so sort of it's just so well done. Like she just looks really gorgeous, really glamorous. Um yeah, I just can't believe it's the first one that she's done. I didn't I wasn't actually, to be honest, particularly crazy about the first two. I thought with um the Prince Charming look, it didn't read Prince Charming to me, like, at all. I think she actually might have been one of the first ones to come out, and I remember watching it thinking, right, I'm not sure what the category is, because I thought it was this, and now I'm seeing this, and it doesn't seem to be very similar. She does look, she looks amazing, obviously, and it looks great, but I just didn't get that category. And then I wasn't particularly crazy about the um, second look either, the Shavel Queen, purely because... Again, it felt quite just costume vibes to me. It didn't really read as like Evil Queen, but maybe it's a reference from the Philippines that I'm not getting. Um, but I didn't, I, I, I didn't really read as that to me. Yeah, I did think the Shivel Queen one was the worst of the three because it did kind of just feel like a latex suit she jumped into and characterized. And I agree, the first look looked great, but what was 
Prince Charming about it. So yeah, I agree. The third one was my fave. Finally, Theresa May gave us Matador Salvador Dali in the, in the first look. Um, second one had this really like well executed, gorgeous purple dress, which was bejeweled with an owl on the chest, loads of, like gorgeous feather plumage around the shoulders. And then the big smoking owl uh, that she waved around the the room that obscured Rue's camera, which I'd say Rue was raging about. And then finally, <laughs> the look they made themselves was this kind of purple, big poof-sleeved uh, top and, and dress in this material that, Rue, that Graham Norton rightly pointed out. I'd say nobody fought you for that material because it was ugly. Uh, I think if I was to choose a favourite from this one, I'd go for... Definitely one of the first two. I liked the actual garment of the Smoking Owl one, but I really enjoyed the character of the Matador Salvador Dali. But I think I'd go for the Shiva Queen look. I loved the Dali look. I just thought that was so fun and so camp. I remember seeing her face and just thinking, wow, like she looks brilliant. Like with the moustache, it just, I was really into that one. Um, And then the, the Smoking Owl thing just really sent me as well. Like I just thought that was just brilliant. Just so simple. Like I just like to see those little additions to make it feel like more of a moment and more theatrical when they're on the runway. So I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, the third one I could take or leave. I wasn't crazy about that, bless her. But I actually thought it was a good week for Teresa. Um, thought, yeah, the, she did great. Okay, so on that point, so you thought Teresa did great. You weren't buying Kate and Minaj. Who were your top three and bottom three of the week? Right, okay. So Tia is definitely up there. I should remind you that the top three were La Grand Dame, Keita, and Marina. Um, there we okay, so I'm going to say Tia, my top three would be Tia, La Grand Dame, and... Oh, God. Who would my third one be? Not Keita, not... Um, not, not Marina? Not Marina. Gothy, Scarlet, Arantxa... John Bruce, Hannah, Teresa. Hannah, mate. No, I don't know. Oh, God, actually. <laughs> maybe, because actually now I'm thinking about it. But Keita wouldn't have been up there. And I certainly wouldn't have had, in terms of my bottom three, I wouldn't have had, um, like, Teresa. I probably would have had the rancher there. And Hannah was also low. Oh, God, it is hard when you think about it. I <laughs> I I, I mean, I'm tempted to put the ones that are just boring, like not boring, sorry, that, that's not like what I should do. The ones that are just more like, sort of like playing it safe, like I would have put probably Keita in the bottom three, to be honest. And like maybe even Marina. Oh, okay. Interesting. Purely uh... because it just, like, it just feels like maybe Marina's a bit of a stretch, but I just think like they're... The ones that are just playing it safe and just coming out wearing what you'd expect them to wear, like that's to me is just like a bit boring. So, so Scarlet, uh, you're putting Scarlet in the bottom. Scarlet, yeah, let's go with Scarlet. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I probably I agree with Arantxa being in the bottom. I kind of agree with Hannah being in the bottom, even though I do really like her. Like, I kind of think the dress they make themselves is kind of worth double points. So if you mess up on that, you kind of deserve, you know, double yeah, points. Um, I would have I would have put John Pierce in the bottom over Treats May. I would have had Hannah. 
Arantxa and John Yes, I actually would agree. If it was between John Burrs or Teresa, then I would agree that Teresa felt to me like stronger this week. Yeah, me too. And I actually thought Scarlett was going to win the episode when I saw them all lined up and then I kind of thought about the kind of three looks overall just because I was kind of was like, oh, from a sewing perspective, that Cinderella dress is really, really good. And then actually, I'm not mad at the top three. I think they chose the right top three with maybe... Tia being snubbed the most um, especially it would have been nice to hear her to get the critique and to talk about Cherry Valentine so maybe I would have chose Tia over Marina just to kind of give her more of a top time but I mean I think the gown that was like Marina's gown was the best gown that was made by somebody yeah. so. Yeah, that's fair. Hard to know. Hard to know. Anyway, who cares what we think because the top two were Le Grand Dame and Kate Minaj um and they got to lip sync to Cascadas every time we touch. Who did you prefer in this lip sync? Um, remind me their names again. Sorry, my name. <laughs> Le Grand Am and Kate Minaj. <laughs> the French one or the Dutch one? <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry. I, I, it's that, yeah. They're just, it's because it's so early in the season. There's so many of them I don't actually recognize. Yeah. No, it's okay. All well, good. Um, I. Le Grand Dame, probably for me, just because she's my favourite. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Kate and Minaj, there was two totally different styles of lip sync going on here. Kate and Minaj was given fierce fist splits, twirls, and Le Grand Dame was, was giving kind of chaotic, reenact the lyrics in a comedy way. Um, and I think comedy will, if the comedy needs to be good enough to to work, but if it does, it'll always beat the flips and spits, I think. Totally. And that's it. I think like if you can make Rue laugh, then like you get such like extra brownie points over just doing something fierce. Yeah. I think of Aja versus Ben de la Creme in All Stars 3 when they're lip syncing to Anaconda and Ben did like comedy lip sync and like wiped the floor with Aja who was like doing amazing acrobatics at the same time. But like there's a certain like there's a threshold if you get the comment if you hit past the bar you're gonna win otherwise it'll be cringe and you're definitely gonna lose so it's it's a risky game i think the grand Am pulled it off i also is it too early to be conspiracy conspiracy theory maybe this whole episode they were talking about the four uk queens being in an allegiance kind of felt like they were setting up a uk queen to go maybe this episode and when I shot Treats May in the bottom, I was like, oh, no, please. It doesn't feel right for her to go next. Yeah. Um, so maybe one's going next week. But I was wondering whether Kate and Minaj chose to send her home and they were like, oh, no, let's give it to the comedy. <laughs> let's give it to the comedy act. I wonder, yeah, I wonder, I wonder who Kate had as our lipstick then. Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, she was very hard to read in the in the kind of deliberations. She was. Yeah, really I don't think with this one, like. I'm I'm not sure where it could go actually, but I'm definitely glad that she was in this week. She got saved. Yeah, treats it all hundred percent. She definitely has loads more to give. And look, I really like her answer. She's really likable, but she's clearly developing both in her, you know, changing identity and in her drag. And I think she probably needs a bit more time if she was going to go on and do this and, and do well. Yeah, I agree. But I think even just in the last two episodes, she with someone who really, you got her personality, like you see how fun she is, how funny, how bubbly, like I really was sold on her as a, like as a character, so I'll definitely be like keeping up with what she's doing next, so I think like she at least got some good time, you know? Yeah, 
Exactly. She's got good exposure. Um, okay, so that's this episode. Of the queens whose names you can remember, who do you want to win? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I do think, like, in the first two episodes, Tia has been really smashing it in terms of delivering everything that you would want. Like, she's funny, she's smart, she's, like, she's, she's fast, she's really, like, she looks fabulous. Like, you really feel like there's a real elevation there from the last time that she was on Drag Race. I'd hope to see her really go far because I just think she's great. Um, Marina, I could see her doing well. I don't know, maybe Legrand. I think Legrand, Marina, and Tia are like for me the ones that are the front runners. Who I would want to win, probably Tia. Tia. I mean, Tia feels like she has great momentum behind her so far this season in a way that like she didn't in season two, but like managed to cling on with sheer charisma. Now she doesn't even need to cling on. She has the charisma and looks like she has the goods as well. So, I mean, yeah, I feel like she makes it look quite. Yeah, for the way that she can kind of like run the room, like she's keeping the chat going with everyone. She's keeping things really funny. Just imagine, like again, like from a TV perspective, like producers must feel like she's a great person to have in the room because she can just keep that good energy all the time, and she's just she has good banter with Rue, and yeah. And she wants to shag the grand dam. Oh my god, I loved that! I thought that was such a funny little bit. She was like, good when she went, um, she was like, oh, Le Grand Dame thinks that she can flirt with me to get this fabric. And she's right. I just thought yeah. that was good. <laughs> uh, I can't argue with you that you're top three there. So, like, I think Katie Minaj is a really good drag queen, but we're really not learning anything about her. And they kind of, like, mentioned that, you know, she's a bit quiet and a bit stony and she's not really letting us in, so it's hard to root for her. I kind of want to see Scarlett do well. I feel like my standout is Hannah Conda so far. I just think you she's know what? a total package. I, comp- I actually completely agree. I think a Hannah Conda could totally be a dark horse. Like, she's been cracking me up every time she's been on screen so far. And actually, I think, like, as we see other challenges and, like, it's less sort of fashion vibes, she'll get the chance to really showcase herself even more. Like, say they did, like, a comedy challenge or a roasting challenge or something. Like, she'd kill that, you know? Yeah. Pretty sure she won Snatch Game in her season as well. So I think like she yeah. would definitely be a shoehorn in for Snatch Game this time around. And I think Snatch Game will be a real make it or break it for Tia Coffee as well. Because that Mel B she did last time was dreadful. So we have to right. see the elevation. Yeah, I remember that. Bless you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, thank you so much for chatting to us on the pod. Uh, where can people find you and what do you have coming up? Um. Well, first of all, I just want to say... I think all of these queens are amazing and I could not do a single thing that they do. So anything I've said here is all based on the fact of God knows that I would not have a hope in hell if I tried this. I think they're all absolutely fabulous. Um, you can find me on um, Insta, TikTok, all that stuff at Dan Harry PR. And um, yeah, I'm always doing lots of different bits and bobs, lots of different like sort of activism things. And um, yeah, you can keep up with me there. So thank you you're very welcome Uh, thank you for listening we'll be back next week